section 27 of the broad highway this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org the broad highway by geoffrey farnell section 27 book 2 chapter 18 in which i hear news of sir maurice vibart which i says lord love me i plunged the iron back into the fire and turning my head espied a figure standing in the doorway and though the leather hat and short round jacket had been superseded by a smart groom's livery i recognized the postilion so help me bob if this ain't a piece o luck he exclaimed and with the words he removed his hat and fell to combing his short thick hair with the handle of his whip i'm glad you think so said i you can drown me if i ain't said he and pray how is the gentleman who happened to fall and hurt himself if you remember in the storm happened to fall and hurt hisself repeated the postilion winking knowingly hurt hisself says you walker says i walker with which he laid his forefinger against the side of his nose and winked again what might you be pleased to mean i means as a gent atnin to fall in the dark may p'raps cut his ed open but he don't give hisself two black eyes a bloody nose a split lip and three broken ribs all at once it ain't natural which if you says contrary i remarks walker lord continued the postilion seeing i did not speak lord it must have been a pretty warm go while it lasted you put him to sleep sound enough it took me over an hour to tunbridge and he never moved till he'd been put to bed at the checkers and a doctor sent for ah and a nice time i ad of it what with chambermaids a-runnin up and downstairs to see the poor gentleman and everybody a-starin at me and a-shakin their eds and all a-axin questions one atop o the other till the doctor come ow did this appen me man says e a haxident says i a haxident says the doctor wi a look in is eye as i didn't just like ah says i fell on is ed out o the chase says i struck a stone or summit says i did he fall of his own accord says the doctor ah for sure says i humph says the doctor what wi' his eyes and his nose and his lip looks to me as if some one ad elped him then you must be a damn fool says a voice and there's my gentleman number one you know a sittin up in bed and a doin is artist to frown sir says the doctor sir to you says my gentleman this honest fellow tells the truth i did fall out o the accursed chase and be damned to you says e 
don't excite yourself says the doctor in your present condition it would be dangerous then be so good as to go to the devil says my gentleman i will says the doctor and off he goes hi there you says my gentleman callin to me as soon as we were alone this accursed business as played the devil with me and i need a servant how much do you want to stay wi' me twenty-five shillin a week says i doin myself proud while i add the chance i'll give ye thirty says e what's ye name jacob trimble sir says i and a most accursed name it is i'll call you parks says e and when i ring let no one answer but yourself you can go parks Anne, parks get me another doctor well pursued the postilion seating himself near by we'd been there a couple o weeks and though he was better and his face near well again he still kept to his room when one day a smart phaeton and blood osses drives up and out steps a fine gentleman one of them pale sleepy sort i was a-standin in the yard brushin my master's coat a bottle green with silver buttons each button avin what they calls a monogram stamped on to it ha me man says the sleepy gent steppin up to me a fine coat doosed fashionable cut curse me your master's yes sir says i brushin away silver buttons too says the gent let me see ah yes a v yes to be sure have the goodness to step to your master and say as a gentleman begs to see him can't be done sir says i me master ain't seein nobody bein in indifferent elth nonsense says the gentleman yawnin and slippin a guinea into me and just run like a good feller and tell him as i bear a message from george from oo says i from george says the gent smilin and yawnin just say from george so to come to the end of it up i goes and finds me master walkin up and down and a swearin to isself as usual a gentleman to see you sir says i why devil burn your miserable carcass says e didn't i tell you as i'd seen nobody ay but this ere gent's a sayin e as a message from george sir my master raised both clenched fists above is ed and swore ah better than i'd heard for many a long day as ever downstairs e goes cursin on every stair in a time e comes back parks says e do you remember that that place where we got lost in the storm parks ah sir says i well go there at once says e and well e give me certain orders jumps into the phaeton with the sleepy gentleman and they drive off together and according to orders ere i am a very interesting story said i and so you are a groom now ah 
and you are a blacksmith eh yes well if it don't beat everything as i ever heard i'm a stiffen that's all what do you mean i means my droppin in on you like this ear just as if you wasn't the one man in all england as i was hopeful to drop in on and you find me very busy said i lord love me said the postilion combing his hair so very hard that it wrinkled his brow i comes up from tonbridge this ere very afternoon and avin drunk a pint over at the bull yonder and axed questions as none o they chaw bacons could give answer to i ears the chink o your ammer and comin over ear chance like i finds you i'll be gormed if it ain't the most unnatural and why cause you was the very identical chap as i come up from tonbridge to find were you sent to find me easy a bit you're a blacksmith ain't you i told you so before what's more you looks a blacksmith in that there leather apron and with your face all smutty to be sure you're powerful like im number one as was my master as now is did he send you to find me some folks might take you for a gentleman meeting you off and like but i knows different as how well i never eard of a gentleman turnin isself into a blacksmith afore for one thing still one might i ventured no answered the postilion with a decisive shake of the head it's agin nater when a gentleman gets down in the world and as to do summit for a living he generally shoots hisself ah and i've knowed em to do it too and then i've noticed as you don't swear nor yet curse not even a damn seldom said i but what of that i've seed a deal o quality in my time one way or another many's the fine gentleman as of druv or groomed for and never a one on em as didn't curse me ah said the postilion sighing and shaking his head ow they did curse me specially one a young lord uncommon fond o me e were too in his way to the day his oss fell and rolled on him jacob says e short like for e were a goin fast jacob says e damn your infernally ugly mug says e you bet me as that cursed brute would do for me i did my lord says i and i remembered as the tears were a-runnin down all our faces as we carried him along on the five-barred gate that bein andiest well devil take your soul you were right jacob and be damned to you says e you'll find a tenner in my coat pocket ere you've won it for i shan't last the day out jacob and he didn't either for he died afore we got him ome and left me a undred pound in his will ah gentlemen as is gents is all the same lord love you there never was one on em but damned my legs 
or my liver, or the chase, or the osses, or the road, or the inns, or all on em together. If you was to strip me as naked as the palm o' your hand, and to strip a lord, or a earl, or a gentleman as naked as the palm o' your hand, and was to place us side by side, where'd be the difference? We're both men, both flesh and blood, ain't we? Then where'd be the difference? Ooze to tell which is lord and which is the postilion. Who indeed, said I, setting down my hammer. Jack is often as good as his master, and a great deal better. Why, nobody, nodded the postilion, not a soul till we opened our mouths. And then twould be easy enough, for my lord, or earl, or gentleman, being naked, and not liking it, which would only be natural, would fall a swearin' Evans ard, damning everybody and cursin' everything, and never stop to think, while I, not bein' born to it, should stand there a shiverin' and tryin' a cursor to myself, maybe, but Lord, mine wouldn't amount to nothin' at all, me not bein' naturally gifted, nor yet born to it, and this brings me round to er. Her? Ah, er. Number two. Er as quarrelled wit number one all the way from London. Er as run away from number one. What about? Er? Here he fell to combing his hair again with his whip handle, while his quick, bright eyes dodged from my face to the glowing forge and back again, and his clean shaven lips pursed themselves in a soundless whistle and as i watched him it seemed to me that this was the question that had been in his mind all along seeing she did manage to run away from him number one she is probably very well i answered ah to be sure very well you say ah to be sure said the postilion apparently lost in the contemplation of the bellows and where might she be now that i am unable to tell you said i and began to blow up the fire while the postilion watched me sucking the handle of his whip reflectively you work uncommon ard drowned me if you don't pretty hard i nodded and gets well paid for it p'raps not so well as i could wish said i not so well as he could wish nodded the postilion apparently addressing the sledge-hammer for his gaze was fixed upon it of course not the arder a man works the wuss he gets paid how much did you say you got a week i named no sum i replied well how much might you be gettin a week ten shillings gets ten shillin a week he nodded to the sledge-hammer that ain't much for a chap like im kick me if it is yet i make it do very well the postilion became again absorbed in contemplation of the bellows indeed he studied them so intently viewing them with his head now on one side now on the other that i fell to watching him under my brows and so presently 
caught him furtively watching me. Hereupon he drew his whip from his mouth and spoke. Supposing, said he, and stopped. Well, I inquired, and, leaning upon my hammer, I looked him square in the eye. Supposing, what are you a-staring at, my feller? You have said supposing twice. Well? Well, said he, fixing his eye upon the bellows again, supposing you was to make a guinea over and above your wages this week. I should be very much surprised, said I. You would? I certainly should. Then, why not surprise yourself? You must speak more plainly, said I. Well then, said the postilion, still with his gaze abstracted, supposin' I was to place a guinea down on that there anvil o' yours, would that help you to remember where number two, er, might be? No. It wouldn't? No. A guinea's a lot o' money. It is, I nodded. And you say it wouldn't? It would not, said I. Then say, oh, say two pun ten and have done with it. No, said I, shaking my head. What? Not? Do you say no to two pun ten? I do. Well, let's say three pound. I shook my head and, drawing the iron from the fire, began to hammer at it. Well then, shouted the postilion, for I was making as much din as possible, say four, five, ten, fifteen, twenty-five, fifty. Here I ceased hammering. Tell me when you've done, said I. You're a cool customer, you are? Ah, and a rummin at that. I never see a rummer. Other people have thought the same, said I, examining the half-finished horseshoe ere I set it back in the fire. Sixty guineas, said the postilion gloomily. Come again, said I. Seventy, then, said he, his gloom deepening. Once more, said I. A hundred. One hundred guineas, said he, removing his hat to mop at his brow. Any more? I inquired. No, returned the postilion sulkily, putting on his hat. I'm done. Did he set the figure at a hundred guineas? said I. I'm. Oh, he's mad for er, he is. It ruin hisself, body and soul, for er, he would, but I ain't going to offer no more. No woman has ever breathed, no matter how handsome and upstandin, is worth more'n a hundred guineas. It ain't as if she was a blood mare, and I'm done. Then I wish you good day. But, just think, a hundred guineas is a fortune. It is, said I. Come, think it over, said the postilion persuasively, 
think it over now let me fully understand you then said i you propose to pay me one hundred guineas on behalf of your master known heretofore as number one for such information as shall enable him to discover the whereabouts of a certain person known as her number two is that how the matter stands ah that's ow it stands nodded the postilion the money to be yours as soon as ever e lays his ands honour is it a go no 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 why you must be stark starin mad that you must unless you're sweet on er yourself you talk like a fool said i angrily so you are sweet on er then yes said i fool and dropping my hammer i made towards him but he darted nimbly to the door where seeing i did not pursue he paused i may be a hass he nodded and i may be a fool but i don't go a fallin in love wi ladies as is above me and out o my reach and i don't chuck away a undred guineas for one as ain't likely to look my way not me which i begs leave to say hass yourself and likewise fool bah with which expletive he set his thumb to his nose spread out his fingers wagged them and swaggered off above me and out of my reach one not likely to look my way and in due season having finished the horseshoe having set each tool in its appointed place in the racks and raked out the clinkers from the fire i took my hat and coat and closing the door behind me set out for the hollow end of section twenty seven book two chapter eighteen